Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good to be back with you as we have so many things to discuss with you during the course of of our two-hour conversation today coming up believe it or not i've got some great news we kind of suggested that this was coming but it looks like the immigration bill that the uniparty has been working on for several months with the urging of president joe biden it looks like it is about to die It is really funny. I was listening to an interview with Senator Mike Lee, who I consider a friend. He just basically characterized the silliness of this entire thing. You're going to hear what he has to say about what is likely to happen as early as today, by the way. Because I think they were going to try to have a vote to advance this legislation. And it's not a pretty sight. So we'll talk about this a little bit later on. You also hear from the president. Now, who was it? I can't remember who the president was. Was it Truman who said the buck stops here? And what we continue to have, and I don't care who it is, but I'm having a hard time thinking of a president who has actually taken that position about being in office. The buck stops here. We hear all kinds of excuses. Well, the Democrats wouldn't let me do this. The Republicans this. And at the end of the day, if you're president, there's a whole lot you can do, especially when your job is to protect the people of the United States of America. You don't need any additional legislation. All you need to do is to give the order. Whatever that looks like. And make sure that that border is secure. This is not rocket science, ladies and gentlemen. So you'll hear more demonizing, more irresponsible blaming of the usual suspects. And you know who they are. I mean, this is just, I'm sick of all of this. I really am. It's time for somebody to step up to the plate and say, okay, you know what? I'm your man. And if I have not done the job in the past, as I had promised to, then you need to take accountability for that too, which is another subject. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, Talk about embarrassing There was a House vote on impeaching the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. And he skated by. Now, keep in mind, it's not because Democrats have enough votes. It's because Republicans, a couple of them, voted against impeachment. You know, as I think about this. There's a part of me that wonders whether this whole thing's an exercise in futility anyway. But we'll talk about what happens and what is coming next. Because I believe there will be another attempt to get a vote to advance this impeachment process, which is probably going nowhere. Ronna McDaniel, you're familiar with her, the RNC chairwoman. She's been under fire for quite some time. I don't know why that woman is still there, but she's on the way out. And interestingly enough, there is a North Carolina connection when it comes to the person who may end up becoming the new chairman of the party. Whether this is good or bad, I cannot tell you. I just do not know. A story I've been planning to talk to you about for a while Uh, There's just been so much going on the past few days. 
But there's a city in the United States that's been characterized as America's jihad capital. And it's kind of interesting. Since the time that I was going to share this story with you, there is a follow-up story to this because there are concerns by some that this city may face some type of, I don't know, backlash. So security has been stepped up out of concern for this story being put out there. So people can't handle the truth. They think people are going to just go crazy and start shooting. I don't know what they think. But we'll talk about that and other things as time permits and any breaking news that occurs during the course of this broadcast today. If you know me, and if you listen to this program with regularity, you know that I'm a big believer in this region. I've been here over 30 years now. I've lived in the Charlotte area longer than anywhere else. And honestly, I don't have any inclination to go anywhere else. Yes, I enjoy going down to Florida and enjoying the sun and the beaches and that sort of thing. But overall quality of life, there's a reason I'm still here. If you look at what's going on across the country, especially in some of these bigger cities, you've got businesses that are literally running away. They're running away because crime is out of control. And frankly, people are leaving too. This is not an endorsement of any company or anything like this, but I'm excited by the fact that Charlotte is still attractive. Chase Bank. Charlotte Observer reports Chase Bank is planning to further compete with banking giants in Charlotte by adding more than 15 branches by the end of 2026 and hiring hundreds of people. As you know, they are New York-based, and they announced a multi-billion dollar expansion plan yesterday. They're going to open more than 500 branches. I thought branches were out. However, they're going to renovate 1,700, hired 3,500 people by 2027. Right now, we've got 19 locations in the Charlotte region. Right now... They're in the midst of looking for sites, trying to find places where the people are, the businesses are, where they would be able to develop relationships. As you know, Charlotte is the number two banking city in the country. It's one of the things that makes this city tick. Right now, as you know, Bank of America, Truist, and Wells Fargo dominate the local market. Bank of America and Truist are based here in Charlotte. And this city, the largest employment hub for Wells Fargo, based in San Francisco. Chase wants to jump right in. So, I think this is a great opportunity. You know, bringing more money to the city? Hey, why not? Why not? So, this is another encouraging piece of information that affirms the idea this is a great place to live. A city that's still up and coming and opportunities continue to flourish and grow and develop. That's something we can all be very thankful for. We have another piece of good news, and this one in the area of aviation. As you know, I love aviation stuff, and I'm going to tell you about what is happening at the airport that used to be right around the corner from where I live. Now I'm a little further away, but I still think this is cool. Another example of what makes this region so special. We'll talk about this and the other news of the day as we continue the Vince Coakley radio program, our phone number 704 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, touting the wonderful benefits of living in the Charlotte region. You know, this is, you know, the city of Charlotte and beyond. And I, I see this opportunity, this atmosphere of opportunity, and just a, a great place to live um, throughout the region. I've got friends who live in Gaston County, Cabarrus County, Union County, uh, Stanley County. And this is pretty much the affirmation I get from everybody I talk to. They're here for a reason, because it's a great place to live. One of the other wonderful things about this area, we really have, uh, I think, an underappreciated airport. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about the access that we have here which is really unlike other cities of this size. We really have an outsized product available to us for the size that Charlotte is. I don't know how many cities we're able to fly to directly from this airport, 150, 160 destinations, number two hub for American Airlines. But it's not just Charlotte Douglas Airport. You also have up the road in Concord. You have Concord Regional Airport. And we've got news on what's happening there, which is quite intriguing. They've already had service from Allegiant for quite some time. My sister loves Allegiant. They fly directly from Lexington, Kentucky, down to Florida, where her grandchildren are. And she just swears by it, just loves having that direct connection. Because, I mean, you think about it. In most cases, if you're going to try to go from Lexington to Florida, you know, a smaller city like that, you're going to have to get a connecting flight somewhere. To be able to fly direct... And at a pretty inexpensive price. That's a big deal. So, as you know, Allegiant's been flying for quite a while in Concord. Now, we've learned Concord Regional is adding a second low-cost commercial carrier, Avilo Airlines. Avilo offering nonstop flights to New Haven, Connecticut. I have a friend I know. She's got relatives up in Connecticut. She's going to be thrilled. Beginning May 2nd, Avilo will operate flights twice weekly on Thursdays and Sundays using a Boeing 737. This will make Avilo the only airline in the Charlotte region offering nonstop flights to Southern Connecticut and Tweed New Haven Regional Airport. Introductory one-way fares between the airports starting at $62. That's a good deal. 62 bucks. Now, I assume these low-cost airlines, you're pretty much getting a um, a basic flight. Now, I don't know a lot about Avilo, but if it's anything like Allegiant, you have to pay for additional stuff, like checking bags and other things like this. So, in any case, by the way, I stand corrected. The airport in Concord is the Concord Paget Regional Airport. And Allegiant has been operating there since 2013. So uh, you can already fly to Orlando, Daytona Beach area, Tampa, Fort Myers. And, you know, generally when you get this kind of momentum, this is likely to build. And who knows, there may be other airlines that come in to offer service from Concord. I mean, I always thought this was cool. And. 
and I still may do this sometime just for the heck of it, to do something a little different and fly out of Concord instead of in Charlotte. But in any case, this is another cool thing that this city in this region is getting recognized. People see it. There is a good reason because there's a lot going on here and you are people who uh, are very attractive to businesses, to airlines and to banks, among others. So there you go. A couple of positive things as we start our broadcast today. Let me give you another one. I am thrilled to death to see that it is increasingly likely, according to Breitbart, that the pro-migration border bill is going to die, just like all of the other efforts that have been undertaken by the Uniparty. My good friend Mike Lee, senator out of Utah, pretty much explained this measure is smoke and mirrors at best. At worst, inviting more illegal immigration. (laughs) You see, I'm very confused by why they thought it was a good thing to put this border emergency authority in there. It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, you had a pandemic. You had a reason. There's no emergency now. The emergency is one that you created by not doing your job. But the bottom line is what you're about to hear from Mike Lee now, because this is really hilarious. Remember I told you Mitch McConnell is backing away from this thing now? Well, this seems to be confirmed here by Mike Lee, suggesting here that this immigration bill is in trouble. Here's Senator Lee. Yeah, so uh, what what I expect this week, and and this, by the way, is... um, is, is good news for those of us who have concerns with the bill. Uh, but I, I, I'm now expecting that you're going to you're going to see Republicans turn against this, vote against cloture on it in the event that Chuck Schumer brings it up for a vote this week. Uh, you know, a cloture vote is a vote to bring debate to a close. And the first cloture vote you have in proceeding to a, a bill is called cloture on the motion to proceed. It takes 60 votes to get there. And so if uh, all you need are, are for 41 senators to oppose closure and you mm-hmm. can block 60, okay. it's looking increasingly likely that most, possibly even all Republicans, will oppose closure, in, including uh, including Senator McConnell and including Senator Lankford. Confusing. You know, we were, we were bracing for impact just a few days ago. And now we're seeing that it's uh, it, it's likely not even going to survive that first closure vote. <laughs> I think this is absolutely hilarious. Once again, and, and we had a caller yesterday who indicated, hey, he called. He called Langford's office. He called Mitch McConnell's office. These folks are getting the phone calls. They're hearing from you, and they know you do not want this piece of garbage. So they're afraid of you. And that's the way it needs to be. They should be afraid of you rather than you of them. Still to come, what does feeble Mr. Magoo do about this? It looks like this bill is in danger. Well, what do you do? Well, what do other demagogues do? Well, you blame other people for your own inaction and your incompetence. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. I understand the game of politics, the game. You know, I remember when I was running for office several years ago, I had a donor, um, really nice guy, very prominent guy outside of the Charlotte area who's just talking. You know, he, he told me one of the things that is a winning formula and boy, he's he's on to something. He's, you, you've got to have an enemy that you direct people to as the cause of all of the problems. An enemy. 
And isn't that what's going on in our political system now? We just find other people to demonize, to make excuses for things that we ought to be doing. Now, it's one thing to, from the outside, talk about what people in power are not doing. It's another thing to get there and still not do squat and then keep complaining about the same problem you had the opportunity to do something about. Yes, I'm saying that. Because some people have done just that. And people, oh, you know, they'll make all kinds of excuses. Well, you know, we had this challenge and that challenge and the Republicans weren't with this person and that, you know, just shut up. At the end of the day, you got to take responsibility if you are in office and, and I had this conversation with several members of Congress during the Trump administration. One of them in particular, I remember him saying to me one time, he said, if this guy really realized the power that he has, he could do some real damage. But the sad thing is, there's universal agreement that the discipline is lacking. But that's a subject for another day. So let's talk about Mr. Magoo who somehow figured out how to get to this news conference and talk about the importance of this bill that's been worked on by the Uniparty for several months with his encouragement. And this is an opportunity to do something about the border. Isn't it wonderful? I remind you again, $118 billion bill. $20 billion for border security. $60 billion for Ukraine. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. So what do you do if you don't just take responsibility for securing the border? Well, you blame Republicans for not giving you this or that to accomplish this. Let's listen to this whining old man as he complains about a certain type of Republicans who are preventing this. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the country. He's not for it. He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. So for the last 24 hours, he's done nothing, I'm told, but reach out to Republicans in the House and the Senate and threaten them and try to intimidate them to vote against this proposal. And it looks like they're caving. Frankly, they owe it to the American people to show some spine and do what they know to be right. So I want to tell the American people what's in this bill and why everyone from the Wall Street Journal to the Border Patrol to the Chamber of Commerce, the United States Chamber of Commerce, support this bill because it's going to make the country safer, make the border more secure, treat people more humanely and, freely and, and fairly, and make legal immigration more efficient and consistent with the values of our nation and our international treaty obligations. <sighs> what garbage. Complete garbage. It's those MAGA Republicans. <laughs> it's, this is crazy, isn't it? Who's in the White House? Is it Donald Trump? No. Now, I would make the argument Donald Trump did not do as much as he claimed he was going to do. And even now did not do as much as he claims he did. But I can tell you this, when you're president now, I don't give a rat's ass about the other person. The question is, what are you doing now as president? And if you're going to make excuses and blame other people who are not in power, it tells me that you are to be ignored because you're a complete buffoon. Donald Trump. It's ridiculous.
Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. What a nitwit. This is ridiculous. You're president, but people who are not in power are keeping you from doing your job. Do your job. And if you don't want to do your job, then go to an old folks home and play shuffleboard. But don't keep feeding us this garbage and dividing the American people unnecessarily by using this inflammatory language about MAGA Republicans, whatever that is. This is a man who promised he was going to bring in a new era, a new atmosphere. And all he's done, he's another version of Donald Trump, another form of divisiveness that this country does not need. Which is why I still hope and pray these two old men are not on the ballot in November. They both need to go away. Tom writes in, fence. Yes, as much as I hate to say it, Donald Trump is running much of the Republican Congress. There should not be two views on Ukraine. There should not be two views on closing the border. All this is turned into a political battle between Trump and Biden. Everyone else suffers. Yeah. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Yeah, all, all very predictable stuff. Let's hear from David, who's on the line, who apparently wants to take the host to task for something. Uh, good morning. Welcome, David. The word Trump for a week. What is that again? I said, for the love of all that's holy, can you not say the word Trump for a week? I start turning you off. Every time you rag on Trump, and I've turned you off every day for a week now. Find another news story for the love of all the... Okay, okay, stop. David, tell me, what did I say today that is the same thing that I said yesterday or the day before? No, it's not, David. David, 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 if you're going to, if we want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. This is the problem. I hate to say it, but the problem, goodbye, David. I don't care. My problem with all of this is we can't even talk about issues. We can't talk about specific things because the first response is, you said something about Trump and everybody thinks everything you said is the same thing. It's not. I'm telling you that one of the principal issues that he ran on, he did a better job, a much better job than the current president, but it was not stellar or perfect as he is trying to portray during his campaign. That's the point I was making. If you want to counter that point, or you can just be a child and turn off the radio. This is what people do. This is, this is why this country is going to hell in a handbasket. Because we've got a bunch of... Now, before we had a bunch of reactionary Democrats, you hurt their feelings... And they're going to turn off the radio, and they're going to go run away and look for a safe space. Guess what? Republicans are doing the same freaking thing. And if that's who you are, please look in the mirror, do some self-examination, and realize we, many of us, have become the very people we have complained about for years. It's only a different cause. And somehow, we think there's something sanctimonious here's somebody else saying you do hate Trump and that's the main reason I have a hard time you know what if this if you think I hate Donald Trump I just I can't help you I really can't help you I don't know how many times I have said on this program, let me repeat it again. The man needs help. The man needs friends. The man needs family. The man needs people around him who are going to stand up to him and tell him, you are not God. You are not the Messiah. 
And you are not going to save the country. You are not the only person who can do this and that. The problem is, and I, let me go further. My problem is, we're at a point in this country where Donald Trump really is a victim. And it's not just from his opponent. He's a victim of his supporters. All of the sycophants who are kissing and puckering up on his ass. And it's not good for him as a person. How many times have I said that on this program? If I did not care for Donald Trump, I wouldn't care. Go ahead and brutalize the man. Go ahead and continue to have expectations that will never be fulfilled. And allow this man to go to his grave, the insecure little boy that he is. He's not a healthy man. He's unhealthy in one way. Mr. Magoo is unhealthy in a different way. I would make the same argument about Donald Trump that I make about Mr. Magoo. People around him. And you have to wonder, is this one of the reasons why his daughter doesn't want to be part of round two of this madness? Because she knows. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I care deeply about people, period. I care about Joe Biden as a person. Just because I oppose his policies and think the man is incredibly senile and incompetent doesn't mean I have to hate him. Is it, this is, see, this is part of what's so sad about what has happened to America and what has happened to the Republican Party. I, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I had this conversation with a good friend just yesterday about the possibility of dumping my Republican registration and becoming an independent. And this is one of the reasons why. Because many of you Republicans sound just like Democrats did years ago. If somebody disagrees with something or a person, they hate. They're a hater. You sound like a bunch of pre-millennials. Seriously, all these victim groups, because you disagree with me, you don't affirm this about my lifestyle, don't affirm this about my choices, you're a hater. We've rejected this stuff as Republicans for years, and now, guess what? Many of you have become the very people that you oppose. Why should I want people like you running the country as opposed to the liberals? Because your mindset is the same. God help us. And the sad thing is, I don't see a movement of people, a critical mass of people, who want to step out of all of this nonsense and talk about things that really matter. And not build a cult around a person or a party. We'll talk about impeachment in hour number two, which is straight ahead. I definitely got it stirred up today. I can tell by some of the calls that have come in. Let's see here. Hmm. Do we still have Tony on the line, by the way? Be an interesting conversation. Uh, let's go out to a call from Tony. Uh, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, good morning, Vince. Yes, sir. Take it away. Well, yeah, I just heard you comment a couple minutes ago saying that you were thinking about just dumping the uh, Republican Party, you know, and going independent. And, of course, you're not an independent guy. You're not an independent thinker. So you don't have to lie about that. Goodbye. 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 Hang up on this, moron. You're not an independent thinker. Come on. If you just want to call in and be stupid, this is not the program for it. This is not a comedy. Do we have Joe on the line? Still waiting. Uh, let's go out to Joe instead. Listen up, Joe. Take it away. Hey, Vince. Thank you so much. You got about a minute here, Joe. Uh, hit it hard. Well, I think what's going on is uh, there's there's no more Democratic Party. It's 
Communist Socialist Party. <laughs> Pretty and much so. Par- pardon me? Go ahead. Keep going. And the Republican Party is, uh, I, I don't know what they are, but I think that's why a lot of people actually supported Donald Trump, because he was different. And a lot of Republicans don't like him, but most of them do. So I think he was like the third party kind of guy. And he did some amazing things. I don't, don't give him all the credit, but uh, I noticed that uh, when Joe Biden took office, he canceled out everything he could that Trump had started, including the wall. And uh, and now that he sees it's going wrong, he's trying to get away from the wall. It's someone else's fault, someone under him. <laughs> of course. Everything is someone else's fault, just, just like big top, top losers like that. <laughs> That's pretty Isn't much that how... This? You know, you're so far ahead of a lot that's, of people. It's pretty but much I how they. That's, what, that's how they operate. They they love to uh, toss the blame somewhere else. Uh, thanks for your call, Joe. Uh, you're thanks welcome. for it's good to hear from you again. Uh, by the way, David was quite upset with me, and apparently is not going to listen to the station again because you go after Trump. And it's, it's part of what amazes me about uh, I to this day I'm still waiting to have. Uh, well, I can't say that. There are some intelligent, sensible people who have called me and said, you know, I, I disagree with you on the Trump thing, but I, I agree with the points that you've made about him. There are people who are able to reason through this and not turn this into you hate my person. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm serious when I tell you, this is bordering on mental illness. It really is. And it's no longer about him. It's about us, what we've allowed ourselves to be turned into. And we've turned off all judgment, all discernment, and just allowed this man to walk all over us. That's what concerns me. So at the end of the day, my beef isn't really so much with him. It's with millions of people in this country who have parked their brains at his door. That's my problem. So, again, if you want to have some conversation, I will talk about anything. You want to call and accuse me of this or that and make some, some really uh, ridiculous accusation you know, take that somewhere else. I don't have time for that nonsense. <laughs> Tom writes back, you are an independent listener. You'll listen to most sides unless they totally agree with you. But independent thinker, you are well set in your ideas. Not that's a bad thing. You're very difficult to change. Yeah, you give me something to change too. Show me where I'm wrong. I'll be glad to. Let's talk about what's going on with the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. He's off the hook for the time being. He survived in a 216-214 vote against impeachment. Not like his job's in danger anyway, because there's no way that the Senate's going to take up impeachment, even if this vote goes through. But Republicans Ken Buck and Tom McClintock announced before the vote they would vote against impeachment. There are your two votes right there. Joined by Representative Mike Gallagher, Wisconsin, and voting with Unified Democrats. After the vote was decided, Representative Blake Moore of Utah voted nay, but only for procedural reasons, so the House may vote on the measure again at some point. Gallagher expressed concerns with impeachment Tuesday morning in a closed-door Republican conference meeting. Now, I've said before, one of my big concerns is I don't know what you're going to accomplish with impeachment other than putting a case before the American people. That's really all you can do. Because I think we know how the vote's going to go. I mean, they might very well impeach him, but you're not going to get a conviction. You're not going to remove him from office. He serves the pleasure of the president. So I, I, I can understand somebody having real questions about the wisdom of this. 
So, there you go. Mayorkas, and I understand they may take another bite at the apple today. Uh, If that does happen during the course of this broadcast, we will let you know. But I would have to think that the House Speaker would have to be pretty confident he's got the votes to bring this back up again. On this immigration issue, coming up, you're going to hear somebody else with a messianic syndrome. This is rampant in politics, folks. People who really, really believe way too much of their own goodness or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's rampant. <laughs> you, you'll get a kick out of this audio. By the way, Chris has written in, Hallelujah, Vince, preach Donald Trump is the COVID of America. Wow. These people have their heads so far up their ass they can't think straight. Eee. Um, Because I'm a nice guy, we will take a call here. Let's go first to Paul. Paul, you have about a minute here before we have to go to a hard break. Uh, Welcome to the broadcast, Paul. Mr. Coakley, it is a pleasure to talk to you, sir. So I'll be very brief. I was one of those emotional people, too, when it comes to a candidate, only because of seeing what was happening to Donald Trump when he was first in office and trying to almost feel like I had to defend him. I've come to the realization that I've gotten too emotional in politics and want to get your advice on, number one, how to make sure and not to get emotional. Number two, how to find places to get news where it isn't so slanted, which I know is tough. And number three, how to vote for a candidate, because right now it seems like if it is Biden versus Trump, it's going to be choosing the lesser of two evils. Um, I, well, how do, I hope I can remember all of these. I mean, it, it comes down to making sure that your mind is engaged to transcend your emotions. That's how you manage the emotional part. Um, what was that second question again? I'm trying finding to remember. a news source. Finding a news oh, source. News source. So I, I think you can just give that up. You've just got to watch. Uh, watch. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm serious about this. You can watch anything you want, but be discerning in what you watch and understand what their perspective is. And see, I trust you. I trust you. You can watch CNN. You can watch MSNBC. Or you can watch Fox News Channel. And you're going to sort through and discern the truth. Don't you think you can do that? You don't have to listen to somebody who's going to affirm your viewpoints 24-7. See, that's weakness. That communicates weakness to me. When you, I mean, now obviously I don't want to sit there and listen to CNN all day and listen to these people prattle on all day, and I don't. But I have confidence you, you, can, you can do well. What was your last question, by the way? Uh, how do you choose a candidate? Oh, gosh. Um, when it, you look at when you look at what the choices are, like the let, two top choices seem to be the lesser l- of two evils. Let me just so go back go. to let me go back to what I said to you on Monday. I am at a place now. If the election were today, the general election were today, I may very well not vote for either one of these people. And I'm serious about that. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, don't let anybody tell you you've got to choose the lesser of the evils. Because the lesser of the evils is still what? It's still evil. Thank you. Yep. So just as a comment on that, I know people say if I don't vote for Trump, it's a vote for Biden. No, it's not. No, it's not. not. Because you, yeah. Let Go me ahead. Get to the punchline. Let me get to the punchline. <laughs> Go ahead. So then the Biden people say that if I don't vote for Biden, it's a vote for Trump. So if I don't vote for either of them, it's a win-win. There you go. You know what you have? You have your integrity. That's what you have, Paul. Thank you for your call. I enjoy talking to people like you who are thinking about this. You, you've been on this merry-go-round for a while, and she's like, you know, I'm done. I'm done playing this game. And, you know... Uh, Still to come, we're going to hear somebody else with a serious messianic syndrome. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Still to come in the broadcast, going to have a little fun listening to hey, one of the big city mayors 
dealing with this immigration issue, and he takes uh, kind of a messianic turn in communicating <laughs> his message. This is a real winner. Let's first take a few calls here. Let's go first to Lance. Lance, welcome to the broadcast. Good morning. Yeah, I got a question. Whatever happened to people uh, being able to have a civil conversation on politics despite parties and voting for whoever you feel like voting for, whether you consider yourself a Republican or Democrat? Um, example, I had a brother-in-law that was running for a county council seat, but only a uh, ticket that was open was Democrat. He's not by far Democratic, but he ran on that ticket, and I would still vote for him because I know him. So why don't people just get to know the people that are running and vote for their politics? Lance, Lance, are you asking yeah. people to work? <laughs> i'm serious we are lazy lance we are lazy and so it's easy just that and and i'm where you are if there were a person i knew where that person's values and principles are even if that person had a d behind their name and i knew they were not a democrat as in bernie sanders and these other crazy nutcases uh sure i wouldn't have a problem with that at all but the problem is you're not you you don't get the time to communicate that message once people hear democrat or republican it's off to the races i, I mean i've had several friends that are have been on the democratic ticket side that i voted for at local and state levels and i know them and yeah i'm not ashamed to say i voted for them because i knew the person yeah, it, it, it makes the difference, and sometimes, uh, again, people just don't have the, the patience or the, uh, uh, the drive, the curiosity to find out who people really are. Now, having said that, I will also tell you, at the end of the day, it's the candidate's responsibility to, to introduce themselves to you. Uh, the, the flip side of this is you should not make people work to find out they should be able to uh, get that information quickly so lance thank you very much for your call let's very quickly go out to ray i believe it is on the line ray what are your thoughts here this morning hey doing well sir uh i just since we're a little pressed for time i'll i'll cut off one of my uh questions to you but i will do my comment my comment was we know Trump's going to be the nominee. That's pretty much a given. And unless, you know, he goes to jail, I think. But I think he's going to win it since, you know, since he's going to be the nominee. And my reason is because there were 75 million people that voted for him in this past election. And I don't think the Trump voters, the Trump mentality, will let anything dissuade them from voting for him again. So I figure he's still got those $75 million in the bank. And I think he'll get the 10% the ten percent of the people that said they either wouldn't vote for Biden or they would vote for Trump had they known about the Hunter laptop. And now they know about it. So 10% of Biden's $82 million plus Trump's $75 million, I think he's going to get over the top and be our next president. What do you think? I I don't think it's going to be that that easily that scientific to be honest with you. I do think um, the hardcore Donald Trump supporters absolutely are still with him. There's no question about that. I still think there. To be honest with you, and this is why I'm not taking any hard and fast position here. I'm not convinced either one of these guys is going to be on the ballot in November. I still think. I still think that things can happen between now and then uh either with the health of one or both of these individuals or or legal proceedings that upends this entire election so i i i for that reason i think that uh, i'm reserving judgment and i don't see any reason to tell anybody how i'm going to vote in november because i don't know that we know who the candidates are going to be in november 
Yeah, well, one one more quick little point. Yes. I think I think Trump's they're both elderly, but I think Trump's health is vastly better than uh, Biden's. I think if anyone was taken out for health reasons, it would be Biden. And I really think I really think Trump's got enough health to for him to make it another four more years. Uh, that's just my my uh, thoughts. Yeah, he does have one advantage. He knows where he is. That's a great start. <laughs> I'm not that's trying to be. You, you know, I'm not trying to be flippant here, but I'm serious. Uh, I. I watch this. Do you feel as I do when you're watching Biden? You're sitting. You're you're just sitting there watching. You're thinking to yourself, "What in the world were those tens of millions of people thinking when they put this this old senile man in the White House?" I, I ju- it just blows my mind. I, I'm just yeah. thinking. Uh, I because again, I remind you, I feel sorry for the man. I really do. Thanks for your I, call. I really, yeah, go ahead. You're welcome. Uh, go right I really ahead with think, you. I really think that a lot of people are misjudging his chances to get elected this time, the same as they misjudged his chances in a huge manner in 2016. I really think that. So you think there, uh, a lot of these people will be surprised to see uh, kind of a comeback victory, uh, much like... I think, I think so. Okay. I think so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, very much appreciate your call. As we continue our broadcast, still to come, I promise we will get to that mayor who really has a very, very high view of himself. All right, so much to get to before the end of this broadcast today. We've been stringing you along for a while, so I want to jump right in. New York Post has a story. Eric Adams blames political problems on race and compares himself to, are you ready for this? Jesus, that's why people are hating on me. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) This is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Critics attacking his administration because it's largely made up of people of color. That's what he thinks. Adams dealing with the migrant crisis in the Big Apple. Recently faced off against the Democratic-led city council which rejected his veto on two controversial public safety bills last week. And, of course, you know this is all about race. He's also facing an FBI investigation into his mayoral campaign. He told a crowd at a town hall in Brooklyn last week he's under attack, just like New York City's first black mayor, David Dinkins, as he touted his administration's diversity. We're moving the needle forward, he says. Is there more to do? You're done right there, is. But this team is committed to getting it done. I want you to hear this for yourself. This is absolutely, positively pathetic. Eric Adams defending himself against critics. Listen up. Look at this team, folks. Look at this team. Look at my my deputy mayors. First deputy mayor, Sheena Wright. Deputy mayor... Stand up, stand up. They need to see you. Deputy Mayor Williams Ison, Deputy Mayor Mira Josie, Deputy Mayor Amazad, Deputy Mayor Maria Torres Springer. Have you ever seen this much chocolate leading the city of New York? And then go down the line. Look, look who's here. This is representative of the city. That's why people are hating on me. You trying to figure out? Why they hating on me? They hating on me because those are, how many of you go to church? Ma'am, this is a Matthew 21 and 12 moment. Jesus walked in the temple. He saw them doing wrong in the temple. He did what? He turned the table over. I went to City Hall to turn the table over. Oh my gosh. You know what's really sad is this garbage sells. This sells. People listen to this stuff. I mean, <laughs> and, and the sad thing about it, and, and as a black man, let me just make something very clear. Nothing to me is worse than incompetence and corruption that is then shrouded in the cross. 
That is reprehensible. You can do whatever you want. Don't bring Jesus into this. I mean, it's, it's, it's so disgusting. It really is. To pull the race card on this doesn't have anything to do with race. A couple other political items I definitely want to get to. <laughs> this, I saw this and I thought, wow, this is really sad. Out in Nevada, Nevada had a Republican primary. Nikki Haley appeared to lose directly to the option, none of these candidates. A troubling sign for her campaign as she seeks crucial electoral momentum against rival Donald Trump. With the majority of the expected vote reported, none of these candidates received nearly double the votes that Haley earned as of this morning. None of these candidates. Haley, a number of long-shot challengers and two former GOP candidates, Mike Pence and Tim Scott, were on Nevada's primary ballot. Pence and Scott got a few thousand votes combined. Some of the minor candidates garnered several hundred in total. The Haley campaign did not respond directly to a question about their loss, instead releasing a statement where they called Thursday's competing caucuses a game rigged for Trump, an allegation the Nevada Republican Party is repeatedly denied. Haley's campaign manager also said going into Tuesday, we've not spent a dime nor an ounce of energy on Nevada. I guess that really shows, doesn't it? <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. None of the above. That's pretty embarrassing. But she's staying in. Staying in. Time for a quick call here. Let's go out to Kirk. Good morning and welcome, Kirk. You got about a minute or so. Sure. Hey, good afternoon, Vince, or good morning, whatever. Uh, good talk <laughs> again. Yeah, wh why is it that when these guys have a predominance of minorities, that's not racist? Of course not. And, and it also reminds me, uh, I don't know, about a year ago when those six uh, cops beat the hell out of that kid in uh, Memphis and everybody involved was black, yet Kareem Mack had to say something to, I think it was something like, they learn from their white masters well. How come nobody ever calls her out on that crap? Of course. Uh, nobody's ever going to call. You, the, the language has switched the other way. You know, as a black person, you can say whatever you want about white people. I mean, you really can. Uh, because you're all devils. You know that. I mean, Louis Farrakhan, yeah. Louis Farrakhan taught us that. That all of yeah. you are white devils. And you have occupied this land illegitimately. And so, uh, you know, whatever, whatever ire is directed toward you, it's deserved because the years of oppression your people have subjected us to. So, does yeah. that help? Yeah. Help well, to explain just, everything? It's, a, it's more of a rhetorical question. I know. I know it is. Uh, yeah. I, I do appreciate your call, and I appreciate yeah. your patience because... Oh, yeah. You have a good day. This is... Um, <laughs> Chris writes in this kind of stuff made Al Sharpton who he is. Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Uh, it's basically empowered people who are very hateful, and it's very unfortunate that this is the kind of thing that rises to the top. <laughs> uh, I was going to say some other things, but you know what? Going to a break now is definitely a very good thing. It helps to keep me out of trouble. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday. Let's very quickly go out to call from Andre. Good morning, Andre. Welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you, Vince. I definitely agree with you and Tim Scott. There's, there's no racism in this country. Okay. So Goodbye, Andre. Goodbye. Goodbye. You know, you want to start off with sarcasm and making a total fool out of yourself. I don't have the time for it. So there. I just... <laughs> I'll leave it alone. I definitely wanted to tell you about another big development 
as it relates to the Republican Party. There's been a lot of controversy surrounding Ronna McDaniel. She's been RNC chairwoman for quite some time. But now we understand she has told former President Donald Trump she's planning to step down shortly after the South Carolina primary, which is February 24th. Mr. Trump then likely to promote the chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party, North Carolina, Michael Watley as her replacement. So this is kind of interesting. Now, according to committee rules, Mr. Trump can't just simply install someone and a new election has to take place. Mr. Trump likes Mr. Watley for one overwhelming reason, according to people who have discussed him with the former president. He's a stop the steal guy. It's one of the people described him. He endorses Mr. Trump's false claims about mass voter fraud, and Mr. Trump believes he did a good job delivering North Carolina, a 2020 swing state to him. Oh, gosh. Bring on the antacids. But there you go. Um, interesting poll information that's come out on Biden, by the way, we were talking about presidential politics. 54% of Democratic voters are concerned about Biden's age. 54%. And yet, many of these people are going to go out and vote for this guy anyway. Which, <laughs> Folks, we get exactly what we deserve. We really do. This is just crazy. Absolutely crazy. I promise we will get to the story about jihad. I've kind of teased this the past couple of days, but I definitely want to talk about this. In fact, um, I may have a guest come on to talk about this because we have not discussed this with him in quite some time in terms of the... Uh, vulnerability of the United States of America, because I think this is a very important subject. We will deal with this um, on Thursday or Friday. So that's the objective here to get to that by that time. First, let's take a look at the day in history. Tommy, how are you doing today? Doing well. Hope you are, sir. Dealing Not with all these callers coming your way, aren't you? <laughs> I bet you're having a blast because you get to hear more than I do and help to weed out callers along the way. I pawned Not... the task off to John Moore, so I'm honestly doing great. Oh, yeah, there you go. Let John Moore. That, that's something that's good for him. Exactly. Keep him out of trouble at least for a couple of hours. We go to the year 1775 for a look at the day in history. And this guy most associated with electricity published an imaginary speech in 1775 in defense of American courage. Who was this guy? That would be Thomas Edison, I believe. Oh! No? Ben, ben Franklin? Ben Franklin! Ben Franklin. Ben yeah, Franklin. that's a duh, It's okay. Like, duh, it's yeah. all right. 1817. And these are about a the same city. Baltimore got the first public gas-powered streetlights. That was 1817. Does it feel to you, doesn't that seem really early? Kind of does, yeah. That they would have come up with that so long ago. 1904, Baltimore also suffered a great fire. 1926, Negro History Week observed for the very first time. Uh, there's a word that's certainly fallen out of favor in recent years. 1926 is when that started. 1943... This would have been a problem for, I was going to make a comment that might have been perceived as sexist, so I better not. Uh, there you but go. World War II, they started rationing this, so you were only allowed three pairs per year of these. Uh, what did they ration? There are guys that are just as bad as women with the, this. Like, like leather for shoes? Shoes! Yes, shoe rationing. They did that during the war. It's pretty crazy. 1962, full U.S. embargo of this country to our south took effect. It's a country we still have kind of a conflicted relationship. This, the island Pacific, um, the island Atlantic country, 
90 miles away from Florida. I think that's uh, specifically is Cuba, right? Cuba. <laughs> that was pretty good. Ah, it's Cuba. 1964, these guys brought their uh, their act to New York for the very first time. 1964. And uh, I think they had a really good show. Who were these four guys who took, who took the country by storm? Was it their Beatles? Them Beatles. Boom. You darn well better believe it. Between the two of us, you can't stump us. Exactly. 1983, Iran invaded Iraq. In 1992, the Maastricht Treaty signed, forming the European Union. Uh, quick thing before we go. If you don't have all of your clothes on, are you going to go out in a situation to help to rescue someone? That is the question. In fact, I will tell you why I'm asking that question tomorrow. Because we're out of time. So, how's that for a tease? <laughs> we'll tell you literally. this story and much more. Uh, yeah, literally, tease. Have yourselves a great day and God bless you. Adios. Adios.